Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. Well, it's uh, an honor to be here tonight. Uh, I give the greatest honors to your pastors. You have got one of the, and I'm not saying it to say this. I can't say this everywhere I go. You've got one of the finest pastors, I believe. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you what I told them uh, when they took us out to lunch yesterday. Uh, and I'm not here to flatter anybody. I don't, I don't need to. But uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook. I don't, I'm not on it that much, but I am on Facebook. And uh, there's a lot of preachers on Facebook, a lot of churches on Facebook and stuff like that. And, and uh, I don't listen to them, but they're there. But I'll be honest, uh, once in a while on Saturday nights, I'll go in my office and I'll listen to Pastor Jake or Pastor Bob or Pastor Shore. And I'm going to tell you from the bottom of my heart, uh, they're not here just for uh, a job. This is not a job. To, they're, they're, it's, it's different between a job and a ministry. And they're not here for just a job. Boy, if, if you're brand new to World Harvest or if you're a visitor, uh, I want to recommend one of the finest pastors I know. When I watch them, uh, when I listen to them on Facebook, live stream, whatever you're doing, uh, I see a, 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 a purity. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to explain myself the best I can. I, it, it's like a, my, my wife described it the best yesterday. It's, it's like a mother hen. And when they're up here, it's not to impress you whether they know Greek or Hebrew or whether they can quote scriptures or not. It's, it's not to impress you. But I see the words when they speak and, and they walk up and down here. I, I see the words as they speak that I'm saying this because I love you. I'm telling you, you are blessed to have a pastor that's not in it for the show, but they're in it for the love of the people. Give your pastors a big hand tonight. Thank you. I honor them. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Boy, this is just uh, this has just been great for us thus far. And and we're gonna have a time this weekend. Uh, do not miss tomorrow. Tomorrow morning and tomorrow afternoon. Uh, I am going to be speaking on marriage, whether you're married or not. 
especially uh, in the morning, if you're not married, you need to be here to hear uh, the words that God has given me. Uh, but all day tomorrow is going to be about marriage, so um, uh, boy, be here. Uh, the accommodations uh, your pastors has given us is just absolutely fantastic. And they just supplied us with a room full of stuff. Uh, when we walked into the hotel room, there it was. I mean, the fridge was full of Coke. But we only drink Pepsi products. <laughs> they had packages of cheese and sausage in the refrigerator. But uh, we both get a rash when we eat cheese. <laughs> as far as the sausage is concerned, we're, we're vegetarians. <laughs> but they had a few packs of nuts there for us. Uh, but we're allergic to nuts. There was a good-looking chocolates there, but neither her or I can eat chocolates because of our sugar diabetes. <laughs> and there was a beautiful bouquet of flowers, but uh, when we get near flowers, our al allergies, they start acting up. But there was a sign they put there, welcome to Wisconsin. So it was. <laughs> I am just teasing for you that really don't know me. Uh, I am just teasing. Uh, your pastors know how to honor. They, they would not even, uh, Pastor Shaw and Tammy picked us up yesterday. They would not even let me pick up my own suitcase, a briefcase, and uh, they give us honor, and I thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. And uh, I give honor to my beautiful wife tonight. And uh, who whis who whistled? I want to I want to counsel you after church. Uh, possibly put diamonds in your mouth. You know, just uh, This coming February, we will be married 56 years. We was at the hotel yesterday, and the, the receptionist uh, started talking with us. We was out in the lobby. She started talking, and she, she says, uh, may I ask you how long have y'all been married? I said, well, I said, we're going on 56 years. And she said, 56 years? I said, yes, ma'am. And... Uh, and I realized she was surprised because she thought I looked younger than that. But <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. She says, uh, could you tell me just one thing why you think your marriage has been a success? And I looked at her and thought for a while. And I said, yeah. I said, I, I think I have one thing why, why, why it's successful. I said, I'm an outdoorsman. She stared at me. She said, you're an outdoorsman? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, every time she starts her stuff, I just go outdoors. <laughs> so we've had a good 56 years. I've spent a lot of time outdoors, believe me. But, hey, tonight I want to speak on just a little thought that God gave me. 
just a very little simple thought. But I believe tonight that we're going to leave this place encouraged. How many knows that if we've ever lived in a day where we need encouragement, it's today. If you don't realize that yet, something is wrong, okay? It's today that we need encouragement. And so I just want to encourage you uh, tonight with this very simple message, but yet very profound, I believe. And I want to speak from the Easter story. Uh, I know it's not Easter, but you don't have to. Uh, Easter story is 365 days a year. It's, you, you don't have to uh, speak on it just Easter. And I want to take a couple of words from this passage. I was reading it not too long ago, and I'm telling you what, man, this thing just came out at me. Uh, and we'll just see where the Lord leads us. And my little thought comes out of the last chapter of the book of Matthew. In Matthew 28th chapter, if you're brand new to the Bible, that's your first book of the New Testament. And uh, your, last, your last chapter, it has 28 chapters in your last chapter. And uh, I want us to just look at that for a few minutes tonight. And uh, I'm going to tell you what Elizabeth Taylor told her seventh husband. I won't keep you long. It's just a thought. Just a thought. Some of you don't even know Elizabeth Taylor, but that's just a thought. You that do know, I know what I'm talking about. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the, look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he is risen, just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly, tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. I want you to notice three things, the same word in that passage of Scripture. Verse 4, it says, the guards were so afraid. Verse 5 says, the angels, the angels said that should be single, the angels said to the women, do not be afraid. Verse 8, the women hurried away from the tomb afraid. 
Now, this word afraid in the Greek, I don't know anything about Greek, but there is an internet. <laughs> the word in the Greek means to alarm or fright. Mr. Webster says it means disturbed by fear. In the Cambridge Dictionary, I like this definition of it. It says, and this is where we live today, feeling worried about the possible results of a particular situation. I'm going to repeat that. Feeling worried about the possible results of a particular situation. Being worried or feeling worried about the possible results of a particular situation, of something you've not gone through yet, but being worried about it. Have you ever been afraid of something? There's a lot of things people are afraid of, and here's some of the top things that people are scared of. And, and uh, on the website, you'll, you'll see this. One of the top things that people are scared of is doing exactly what I'm doing right now, public speaking. I mean, you don't see my, me shaking my hand. Public speaking. That's one of the top things that people are scared of, to get in front of people and talk. Another thing is the weather. Another is heights. I don't like heights. I am, I am scared of heights. Uh, preacher, you don't believe the Lord can be with you on the roof? No, he's not. I'm, I'm scared of heights. Flying doesn't bother me a bit. Doesn't bother me a bit. Darkness, scared of darkness, usually when you're children. Uh, snakes, a lot of people are scared, deathly scared of snakes. I've got a son and a daughter and a wife. Snakes don't bother me unless, I mean, you know, we're real close. But my daughter and my wife and my son is deathly scared of snakes. Uh, spiders, enclosed places, uh, rejection. A lot of people are scared of afterlife. You don't have to be scared about that. Now, you may not be afraid of any of these, but I guarantee you there's something in your life that you're afraid of. I know this sounds like a negative gospel, but just hold on. Because let's get down to the real world. Whether you're Holy Ghost filled, speak in tongues, shout, dance, preach, or whatever. Fear can grip us. Oh, I know you have super spiritual people that, uh, you know, says, uh, you know, you're not trusting in the Lord and all that stuff. And, and uh, I had a, no, I'm not going to tell that. Just because you're afraid of something you're a Christian. Just because you're afraid of something doesn't mean that you're sinning. I want to help you tonight. 
Just because you're afraid of something doesn't mean that you're sinning. There was a lot of great godly people in the Bible that were afraid. Moses was afraid. Gideon was afraid. Elijah, this great prophet, Elijah was afraid. He ran away from a woman. He was so scared. David, I mean, I don't blame him. David was afraid. Jonah was afraid. Jesus' own 12 disciples were afraid over and over and over and over again. So the list could go on and on. In our passage in verse 4, it says the guards were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. I mean, I guess so. They just experienced an earthquake. They just witnessed some kind of snow-white angelic being coming down taking a big stone and rolling it away. It shocked them so much that they felt like they were dead, but yet they were still living. And probably this angel was sitting on this stone just staring at these guards. They had a right to be scared. Then the angel speaks to the two Marys that gets to the tomb. And the first thing that's recorded, the angels comes out with this word, afraid, and looks at the two Marys and said, do not be afraid. Wow. You're looking for Jesus? He's not here? I'm going to show you. Then verse 8 the women hurried away from the tomb. Wait a minute. Wasn't there an angelic being talking to what I believe two godly women? Wasn't the angel talking to them in verse 5 and said, Hey, don't be afraid. And then they turned right around after they saw the tomb, ran away afraid. After the angel said, don't be afraid. Should they have been afraid? You better believe they should have. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking reality. They've never experienced anything like this before. That's scary. They just had a conversation with an angel. I don't know about you. and Maybe you've seen angels before. But boy, if an angel would visit me, I don't know. Uh, Probably scare me to death. I would have said something like Fred Sanford. 
Elizabeth, I'm having a big one. <laughs> they saw the big stone away, rolled away, and they looked at the guards that were in shock. You better believe they should have been afraid. Even after the angelic being spoke to them and said, Don't be afraid. Do you know why? Because they were flesh. Bone, body, flesh. Yes, they believed in Jesus. Yes, they believed in God. But they were human beings. And human beings become afraid at things. They know Jesus had been buried there, but he was not there. That would scare them. I mean, it was like a dream. More, more like a, a nightmare. What they've just witnessed. I don't even know if the two Marys even realized what was happening. They were probably in some kind of daze. So yes, they were afraid. But then we look at verse 8. After the angel in verse 5 tells them, do not be afraid, we look at verse 8. They go visit the tomb. They start running off. And in verse 8, it said they ran away afraid. Here it is. But full of Joy. Now, how in the world can you be afraid and full of joy at the same time? Wait a minute, Mary. Get your story straight. Either you're afraid or you're full of joy. How in the world can you? Be full of joy and say that you're afraid. Now, remember, afraid means afraid or fear or alarm. But the word joy, it means cheerfulness. It means calm delight. It means rejoicing or gladness. The scripture says, yes, they were afraid, they were fearful, they were alarmed, they were frightened. Yes, they were, but there was such a calmness about them while they feared what they were seeing. I'm getting somewhere. You see, they were afraid of the circumstances, they were afraid of the situation that they were in at that present time, but yet on the inside of them, there was a calmness and a joy in their hearts. Today, we can be afraid. I'm giving you a license to be afraid. I'm giving you permission to be afraid. Now, your pastor may come next Sunday and say, don't you be afraid now. But... but <laughs> As for tonight, I'm giving you permission. You know why? Because when you cut yourself, red stuff comes out. That means you are only human. 
You are not an angelic being. Pastor, have you ever been afraid? You better believe it. Many, many, many times. I'm not talking about afraid of snakes and stuff like that. I'm talking about afraid of things uh, that may possibly come my way. You see, Nehemiah 8.10 says this. The joy. I want to help you. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Possibly Mary looked at Mary and said, Mary, remember, the joy of the Lord is our strength. This word strength means a rock. It means a fortress. It means a, a stronghold. You see, we can be afraid and still have joy knowing that according to Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Are you hearing me tonight? We can be afraid and still have joy knowing that according to Matthew 16 and 18, the gates of hell shall not prevail against World Harvest Church. In, 19, in 2019, 2020, part of 2021, the devil thought he won. But I've got news for the devil. That big dummy lost. Because greater things are happening in the spirit today than before the pandemic. So, who won? The gates of hell shall not prevail against this church or that church or that church to the children of God. You see, we can be afraid and still have joy knowing that according to 1 John 4 and 4, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. We can be afraid and still have joy knowing according to Hebrews 13.5 My God, is the Bible true or not? My God shall never leave you nor forsake you. You see, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what your marriage is like. I don't know what your business is like. I don't know what your finances is like. I don't know what it's like on your job. I know one thing. Even though we may be scared of something, we may be afraid, we may fear something, we can stand on the promises of the Lord Jesus Christ that He's going to be there no matter what. You see, we can, we can be afraid and still have joy knowing that according to Matthew 19, 26, all things are possible with God. We can be afraid and still have joy knowing that according to Isaiah 43, 2, when you pass 
through the waters, He will be with you. And through the rivers, you shall not, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt, nor shall the flame scorch you. Are we getting anywhere yet? I'm fixing to close. No, I'm not. <laughs> we can be afraid and still have joy knowing that according to Romans 8.37, we are more than conquerors. I'm not a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. Uh, uh, it's like, uh, I think it's Clint Eastwood. Uh, uh, sometimes, I actually say this. Sometimes I just, when I'm in prayer, I just say, devil, make my day. Because I'm more than a conqueror. I'm not just a conqueror. Take out that big six shooter and just look at the devil between the eyes. Go, Poom. We can be afraid and still have joy knowing that according to 1 Peter 2 and 9, you are a chosen generation. Do, do, do you hear me tonight? You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people. Oh. I mean, He even loves you in Wisconsin. That you may proclaim the praises of him who's called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do I, do I keep on? Second Chronicles 2015, the battle. <laughs> the battle is not yours, sir. The battle is not yours. When Jehoshaphat, when the, when the nations came against Jehoshaphat. Thank you. You scared how I was going to destroy it. <laughs> when the nations came against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat prayed and he told the Lord, I don't know what to do. But the prophet came and spoke to him. And he said these words, the battle is not yours it belongs to the Lord. You scared of something? You scared of the economy? You scared of the White House? You scared of this? You scared of the pandemic? You scared of that? You scared of that? You scared? You worried about this? You worried about your children? You worried about your spouse? You worried about this? You worried about the the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to God. Hallelujah! Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. Yes, we're going to be worried. Yes, we're going to be afraid. Yes, there's going to be a fearful part on the inside of us because we're only human. But I'm here to tell you that we serve a God tonight that can fight every battle that ever comes against you. Deuteronomy 24 For the Lord your God is the one. Oh, did you hear me? For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. World Harvest, do you hear me? He goes before you to fight your enemies and He gives 
you the victory. I don't think Royal Harvest heard me. He goes before you to fight your battle to give you the victory. John 16, 33, in me, you have peace. I wonder if the two Marys had peace. It says they walked away afraid, but full of joy. Full of that calmness on the inside. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, thanks be to God, he gives us the victory. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ. So the Lord gave me this little thought. I can remember seeing myself in my office just, just starting to jot things down. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a simple preacher. I'm not, I'm not a scholar. And I just started, I wrote four things down. That, that I do when the battle comes, when I fear, feel fearful, when I feel scared. Uh, any time, listen, anytime uh, you pastor, there's a risk of doing things that you have to take. And we're, we're humans. We're, we're humans. Anytime you start a business, there's a risk that you have to take. And there's that thought. You're scared of not knowing the future, not knowing what's going to happen in the future. And there, there's four things, very, very, very simple, uh, just down-to-earth things uh, that, that, keep, that kept the joy on the inside of me uh, through all of my years of, of ministering, of pastoring, of, of doing evangelistic or mission work and and uh, uh, with with my children and and uh, uh, you know it's not been a it's not been uh, my children has not been perfect. I've got two children and and uh, uh, they were they they were like angels until they met the deacons' kids. But uh, <laughs> after that, they weren't too much of an angel. But but uh, we hey we're human. We worry about our children. I've got a grandson right now that he's 30 years old, 29 to 30 years old. I feel like slapping him over one day. Just, you know, (laughs) he doesn't know who he is yet. And it just uh, just aggravates me. But you know what? I tell the devil, you you didn't win. You didn't win. He was dedicated to the Lord. I believe one day I'm going to see him serving God. You didn't win, devil. You didn't win. You, you may think you won and you may make me think that he's never going to serve. But devil, you lost. Hey, I'm, I'm on the winning side. And so there's four things that, that has helped me through the years that I just want to just share with you. And then I, I'm really closing. When, whenever I finish. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen. The Apostle Paul. All of us wants to be like the Apostle Paul. You can read one of his first epistles. He says, finally, brethren. Then he writes another one. (laughs) Finally, brethren. Then he writes another one. Finally, brethren. He writes, so I'm saying to you, finally, brethren and sisters. (laughs) Number one, I want to help you tonight. Number one. 
stay focused. Let the main thing be the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus. Is that all right? Isn't that simple? Stop. Boy, I hope I can say this. Uh, I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Stop believing the news. If we're not careful, we will let the news channel and social media, the pastor's coming out of me, we will let the news channel and social media become our focus and we're doubting what God can do and our mind starts getting all our mind starts getting cluttered you say preacher you're not you're not worried listen friend God's got everything under control I want you to know that I want you uh, world harvest listen to me stay focused on Jesus. Not with, not with some news uh, anchor, and I hope there's no news anchors in here, God. I know I'm treading on thin ice. Watch your social media. All of this news, and, and uh, I wanted to say fake news, but somebody's going to think I'm political, so I'm not even going to say fake news. <clears throat> I want to help you. I know people that stays hooked up to the news and, and they are in a complete mess. They're scared to death of tomorrow. You don't have to be scared of tomorrow because God not only takes you in today, but He'll take you there tomorrow. But we must stay focused on the Lord. When a president several terms ago, and, and I'm not trying to be political, came into power, I told my church, and they, they were all shook up, and I said, there's nothing to be scared of. They said, God's not in heaven biting his fingernails. <laughs> all right? He's not nervous. Nothing's scaring God. And if I read this thing right, Hello, are, are you hearing me? If I read it right, if I read the scriptures and, and maybe understand the scriptures a little bit and, and read about these Bible characters that were afraid of things, but yet there was a calmness on the inside of them. If I read about that, it doesn't make any difference who's in the White House. Hello, hello. Why? 
Because we can stay focused on Jesus. And every time throughout my pastoral experience, when, when I saw things uh, was getting distracting us, maybe to go in the different direction, man, I'd, I'd, I'd get my refocus on Jesus. Jesus, I don't care what they say. It's you. Number two. Number two. Number two. Know who your enemy is. This is just things that, I don't know. One of the reasons that people are having problems keeping joy in their life is because they don't know who their enemy is. Is this okay? You may be here tonight and deep down inside you are completely miserable. You know why? You don't have the joy. You haven't felt it in a long time. You know why? It's because you're fighting the wrong thing. Now, if, if I read it right, if I read it right, if I read it right, Ephesians 6.12 says I'm not fighting against my brother. That guy that told me off, and I've been told off, Oh, I've been called some names. I, I, re, I remember one Sunday morning. This woman started coming to our church. And this guy thought I was having, I don't know. I guess the woman went home and bragged about me. He thought I was having an affair with her. Ten minutes before church started, one of the ushers come past. Or somebody wants to meet you on the outside. I said, who is they? He said, we don't know, but they definitely got to talk to you. And I went outside. And the word, he made up some words. <laughs> Call me a whoremonger in everything. I mean, he just. Then I had to walk in church and preach. But you know what? I looked at the guy and said, hey man, love you. I would have loved to have slapped him, but <laughs> in Jesus' name. Okay, it makes a difference. I would have loved to have done that. But you know what I did? I realized he wasn't my enemy. And a lot of reasons that we're scared of things is because we make people our enemy. When it's not people we fight against. It's what? We do not fight against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities? How could that be possible? Against powers? Huh? Against the rulers of the darkness of the world? Against spiritual wickedness in high places? We need to know who our enemy is. Don't let anybody make your life miserable 
when you can have joy on the inside. So let's find out who our enemy is. Number three. Very simple. Trust God. Have you ever had to trust God? You better believe. I could stay here all night telling you the times I've got had to trust God. Did you lose a lot of sleep? Yeah, I'll admit to you. I've lost a lot of sleep worrying over things that I should not have worried over. I was afraid of things that hadn't even taken place yet that I should not have been afraid of if I would have really trusted God. Church, uh, you're, you're a great church. There's great things are going to happen here. No, no doubt in my mind. There's going to be some times in this church as a corporate body. Um, you're going to have to stand and just trust In your flesh, pastor in your flesh, there's going to be a, a fear there, worry there, concern, and ever rightful so, just like these two Marys. But church as a whole, there's going to come a time where you're going to have to trust God. One day you're not going to be able to hold all the people in this building And one day your pastor's going to stand behind this podium with the elders and talking about financing $20,000. Not 20000 And talk about big money or believing God to raise hundreds of thousands. And the enemy... The enemy. Who's the enemy? He's going to sit on your shoulder. And he's going to say, no way. It can't be done. And start putting a fear. A fear. I've been in enough building programs. Boy, you talk about scared. I remember when our economy went down in 1980, 83, 84. I had 22 men in my church completely laid off. I looked at my congregation. I cut everybody's salaries. Had to. Several weeks went by. My wife and I didn't draw anything. And I looked at my church and I said, I promise you one thing. Nobody here will lose their home or their automobile. And no missionary will ever do without. Now listen to me. 
You're talking about scared on the inside. To say something like that. But there was calmness on the inside. And then the Lord has this funny idea. He was packing the church out in the small church, remember? Packing the church out. The Lord has this funny idea in the middle of all this. I'd take the checkbook every day and I'd walk the aisles and I'd pray, asking God for a miracle. And the Lord has this funny idea. I was sitting on the platform, walked up to the pulpit, and when I was halfway, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, tell the people that you're going to bust out, well, the Lord said burst out, (laughs) tell the people you're going to bust out these walls and add an addition. Felt it so strong. Friend, don't be afraid. But there was a calmness on the inside because I trusted God. And I got behind the pulpit. I said, Church. And the Lord spoke to me again. I was hoping He was going to tell me, don't tell Him. Got all of these guys laid off. Cutting salaries. And the Lord said, before I could tell them, I'm standing behind a pulpit. I said, the Lord told me, he said, tell them you're going to bill it cash. That wasn't funny. You may be laughing. That wasn't funny. And I stood at my, looked at my congregation. I said, God just spoke to me. I hadn't had time to talk to my board or anything. I knew God spoke. And I trusted God. I said, we're going to take these walls out. We're going to build an addition to accommodate all of our people. I said, we're starting this week. We didn't have a dime, I'm telling you. There's no hidden things around this thing. We didn't have anything. Remember that, honey? And I looked at my people. I said, God told me, we're going to take this wall down. We're going to start this week. And we're going to build an addition. I said, he just told me to tell you we're going to build it cash. And when we drive the last nail, everything's going to be paid for. We're not going to owe anybody on it. And my people, some of my people was looking at me like a cow looks at a new gate. You know what? We trusted God. After I got off the platform, after I preached, 
I realized what I felt like. You big dummy. Do you know what you just told those people? That you're starting this week and you're tearing down that wall and you're going to build a new addition and you don't have a stinking dime to your name? But you know what I had to do? The same thing you have to do, pastors. The same thing you have to do, elders. Business people, the same thing you have to do. Trust God. So help me. Hey, it was a great time to build. We just didn't have the money, but I had the men. I, did, I had all kind of men show up that Monday morning. We started taking the brick off the old edition. Had all kind of men. And I started getting checks in the mail from preachers that knew nothing. I hardly even knew some of these preachers that knew nothing about what God said. And when we nailed, I'm not talking about some guy coming giving me $50,000. Now, I'm not talking about that. Checks started rolling in. Trust God. Could, could, could I just encourage you? Boy, I'm going late. Could just give me a couple of more minutes. I was in my office, went on a fast. We're in this building program. I stuck my neck out telling the people what God told me. I'm worried. I'm scared. I'm full of joy. And I needed X amount of thousand dollars that week. Went on a fast. I was in my office praying. and My wife knocked on the door. She said, honey, she says, excuse me for disturbing you from your prayer. She said, I just checked the mail. and She says, I just feel like there's something in this envelope for us. I opened the envelope. I looked at the return address. Wasn't familiar at all. Opened the envelope. And it was a check for that amount of money. I need it. I called the woman's name that was on the check. Lived in Lake Charles about an hour, hour 15, hour 20 minutes. I introduced myself to her. She said, Reverend, she says, I own a business in Lake Charles. She says, I was driving. She says, I've never seen you, never met you, don't know anything about you. She says, I was driving to Baton Rouge and the Holy Spirit, she said, I'm a Christian. She said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, spoke your name in church. She said, I called my secretary told my secretary to write you out a check for the church. No, she said, she 
I'm sorry. She said, I didn't do anything when the Lord spoke to me. She says, I went about 30 or 40 miles more. And God spoke to me again. She says, I started crying. I pulled off the highway. I was crying. She says, I went and found a payphone. And I called my secretary. And told her to find out the address and to send me this check. She said, but God spoke to me. I have never met the woman yet. But see, I can talk about my experiences. And number three, even though you're scared, even though you're worried about your business, there'll be times you may be worried about the church's finances. There'll be times that you'll be worried about the building program. There can be a calmness on the inside of you. You've got to trust God. I could go on and on tonight telling you different miracles. But believing this and trusting God. Church, I come here. I've traveled a long ways to tell you. We're only human. We're only human. Pastors, you're only human. But we must understand. We must focus on Him. Let the main thing be the main thing. Number two, we have to know who our enemy is. Number three, you got to trust God. And the fourth thing, I'm not going to speak on it, but the fourth thing is I declare Psalms 91 over and over and over and over again. Young people were living in a different world than when I was growing up. I fear for my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren to what they're going to have to go through. Could I encourage you today that even though, even though we didn't have to face, when, when I was in school, a boy knew he was a boy and a girl knew she was a girl. All right? We prayed when we was in school. You couldn't eat unless the cafeteria worker prayed over the food when I was in school. I don't know what you're going through. I, don't, I, don't, I can't relate. I really can't relate to what you're going through. I'd get sent to the office because I didn't wear a belt. Okay? I can't relate. But I can tell you this. When that fear, that spirit of being afraid about something, if you will take a hold of what I told you tonight, God 
will take you through. I don't care what the checkbook says. I don't. We was needing to buy land owned by a doctor. The doctor called me, cursed me out, and said, don't you ever call me again, and don't you ever. And a few adjectives and adverbs. Have your real estate agent call me again. I will not sell you that land. But you know what I did? I trusted God. That was a Friday. Sunday, I told the people. We walked that field. Grass was high with our suits on. We used to wear suits in those days with our hands raised. God, we trust you. We need this land. We trust you. Monday morning, 7 o'clock, I get a phone call. Hey, preacher. And I thought, I don't need your blankety-blank money. You, you fill in the blanks, okay? <laughs> I said, sir, I realize you don't need my money. He said, I don't know why I'm doing this. He said, but get your agent and come sign these papers today. <laughs> Would you stand? I'm talking from my heart tonight. I know I went a little long. But I'm talking from my heart tonight because I believe some of you have gone through some things. And there's such a fear there. You don't know about tomorrow. You don't know about the future. None of us do. But a fear has gripped you. I'm telling you from my own experience. And this fear, this, this uneasiness, this being afraid of something that possibly could happen and not going to happen. I've always kept focus on the Lord and realized who my real enemy was. Could you come play something soft and sad? <laughs> Realize who my enemy was. And I had to trust. Even though it looked impossible. Trust God. Oh, but preacher, you just don't know. I don't have to know. Trust God. Your marriage? Trust God. I'll be talking about my marriage tomorrow. Our third year, we was headed for divorce. Boy, did I have to trust God to keep this woman.
your children. Don't you let the devil tell you there's no hope for your children. Mom and I laid over our kids' bed many a nights crying. She came to me one day. She said, honey, God spoke to me last night. She said, he said to treat one of our children, to treat one of our children as if they were Christians instead of treating them for the ungodly things they're doing and trust him. I'm here to tell you with our own flesh, our own natural eye, it may look impossible. My son came to the altar one day after he caught away from the Lord. Came to the altar one day when my worship leader got up. We was believing, we was trusting God, trusting God, trusting God, trusting God. He sat, he was in church that Sunday morning, sat all the way in the back. My worship leader gets up and starts singing an altar call song for you Owens, you'll remember it coming home. And she's up there coming home. And I am up there. I, I'm, I'm an organizer. I'm an administrator. And I'm up there ready to strangle her. <laughs> what in the world is wrong with you? I've got visitors. This is an exciting church. And you're getting up there starting a worship service. Coming home. Coming home. And the more she sang it, the more aggravated I got. And all of a sudden, I heard, I said, boy, that voice is familiar. And I looked back there, and here's my boy. You got to trust God. You can be afraid. You can worry like that. It's okay. The biblical characters did. But there was a calmness on the inside because they trusted God. Would you bow your heads? I would not close tonight without, I don't know anybody here. But maybe you're here tonight and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life. 
your life has been miserable and you feel like nobody cares about you. You feel like nobody loves you. And you've had a hard life. Things has not gone your way. And you've probably even sat there tonight thinking, Preacher, that's easy for you to say, but it's hard for me to do. And I don't know, maybe you're here tonight and you just need to surrender to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me in the life that I've lived. We're not calling you a bad person. But all of us needs to ask Jesus Christ to forgive us and to come into our heart. I just want to pray for you tonight. I just want to love on you and help you receive Jesus as your personal Savior. And maybe everybody here knows the Lord. Maybe you do. Great if you do. But there could just be one person that does not know Jesus as their Savior. So if you're here tonight and you want Jesus Christ to forgive you of every sin you've ever committed, take that sin and throw it away as far as the east is from the west never to remember it again I want you just to quickly get out of your seat and come down here and meet with me and Pastor Bob and Pastor Sean if that's you tonight I'm just going to give you a few seconds I'm not, I'm not going to beg you I'm not going to embarrass you but if you would like Jesus tonight as your personal Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to meet him. Among many people that has done the same thing, is there anybody here? Father, I trust I've spoken what you've given me. and I trust I've spoken it with love and God, that it just didn't just get into our life and then leave, but Lord, that the seed would be planted in our heart. That yes, we're like the two Marys. We can be afraid, but there can be a calmness on the inside of us. Help us, Lord, to stay focused on you to understand who our enemy is, to trust in you. And may we declare and decree Psalms 91. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.